everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Original Slacker Podcast, presented by Round Guys Brewing Company, located up in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. We are talking with Heartless, a homespun rapper out of Pittsburgh. He actually is known for making profanity-free rap, which is kind of cool. And I don't mean that just because, you know, he's he's not cussing. I mean it because it's actually kind of hard not to fall on your crutches, and this guy's doing it. This guy's building paintings. He's building verbal paintings with his words, stories with his words. It's street rap, so it's going to be low in your face, but it's not going to be dropping F-bombs. It's really cool stuff. He's going to be coming on a three-bill night in July, July 18th. That's a Wednesday. Put in your books at the Underground. Um, the Underground, as you know, or you may not know, is located in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. And that's about half an hour north of Philadelphia, about a half an hour south of Allentown. It's a nice sweet spot in the middle. We have a full bar, including... Eight plus beers on draft or in cans. Uh, we got cocktails, we got wine, we got cider. We don't have food, but we do have a pub right across the street, our brew pub in Lansdale. You can go over there and get any meal you need. We have lunch, dinner, brunch, we have desserts, we have a full bar, of course, there too. Uh, yeah, come on out, hang out, check out this show. It's going to be a great one. This interview, Heartless is a really cool dude. He is an entrepreneur. First and foremost, he's a guy trying to hustle and trying to build this this brand of his. And he understands what it takes, and I think it's a, it, it was a fun conversation. Um, on a business side, it was a fun conversation. And just on the creative side, it was a fun conversation. As always, with all of our music interviews, I have a little piece of Heartless at the very end. So please check that out. And looking forward to seeing you guys out there on July 18th. If you need to find tickets, we do have pre-sales, and you can find it on roundguysbrewery.com. Go to the underground, underground.roundguysbrewery.com. Uh, you'll find us on Ticket Leap, and you can also find us on Facebook as slash RGBC Underground, or you can find our main brand page, slash roundguys. All right, guys, without further ado, let's talk to Heartless. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Original Slacker. Today I have Heartless from Pittsburgh, PA. How you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing? Good, good. So you've been doing this uh, rap hip-hop thing for a while. How long have you been in this business? Uh, about 2010, but officially 2013. All right. So officially, unofficially, it's just like a hobby, and then you decided to start laying down some tracks? Uh, well, I was, you know, doing it about well, 2010, but I got signed to a label in 2013, so that's when I got more serious about it, and um, then I had started my own label, so I put, you know, more time into focusing on that as far as what my brand wanted to be, uh, so that's when I became really more serious, so I, right around 2013, after the album, my other album dropped, it was, uh, came out under Tate Music Group, I had a single called Come Correct, which was played on Whammo. And that kind of like gave me the, I guess, the excitement to move forward with my brand and, and learn the business of it so I can do more music. How long did it take you to switch over to doing your own thing? It, it took a while. It took a while, a couple of years. I mean, you got to learn, you know, just to learn everything. And I had to really grow and figure out what I wanted my brand to be, the reason why and everything. Because with the other label I was signed with, uh, they didn't do profanity either, but some of my music is sexually suggestive, depending on the song of it. And there's different, you know, different things. Even though there's no profanity, so 
I couldn't release certain songs under them. So that kind of gave me the drive to really work on my own brand and label to do it my way so that I can still have my profanity-free music, but it's profanity-free street music. So it may be like two, two, three years, basically. Yeah, Heartless, why don't you tell me a little bit about that? What What is the reasoning behind a profanity-free sound? Uh, well, when I first started, uh, I, I came out with a song. I let my father hear a few songs or whatnot. And back then, when I was doing music, I used a lot of profanity. And he understood what I was saying as far as my story. But he had told me to work on, you know, telling it to the public in a different way to try to reach them. He said I would probably get a better response. And, and this was years ago, before, you know, before profanity was used a lot. Now it's used a lot. But this was before all of that. So I thought about it, and I started to change and work on writing my craft without using profanity. But what really gave me the draft to do it is when I started telling people that I was going to do it. They didn't believe me, or they said, "Well, you know, you can't nobody do, you can't really do rap without using profanity." Yeah, and, it's it's kind of part of the culture, right? I mean, I grew up listening. You know, I I've been I'm 37, right? So I've been right through the heart of the rap culture, and. And I can't recall a time, maybe unless I was a little kid, like, you know, Run DMC and that stuff. But there wasn't pop rap or even like gangster rap. There's a strong overtone of, you know, profanity. That's that's part of what made the song flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, you know, I, I appreciate all types of music. But for me, I just don't like being told no or that I can't accomplish something. So... That was my drive to really like, okay, I'm going to have to prove it to everybody that you can actually do it. And being that I grew up in the streets and I did everything that everybody else was doing that was in the streets, I figured, okay, I'll just have to show them. And, it, you know, that's what I built my craft around, learning how to build my vocabulary to talk about my experiences just without using profanity. Do you, do you find that it gives you a greater ability to write or a greater ability to uh, to paint the picture, I guess? It does. It does. It actually broadens just my whole talent wise because I can talk about any subject and I have multiple subjects and different experiences, but it lets me broaden what I'm talking about based on that. Because when I first started, you know, trying not to use profanity when I was using it, I would just throw a word in there just because I didn't have nothing else to say. Right. You know, it's like a was crutch. Like my way. Right. You know, so with me not using it at all, it helped me to learn how to write better. And based on my topics that I was talking about and now it's it's just like, you know, waking up, brushing your teeth. It's natural. <laughs> That's great, man. Yeah, I do like the tunes when uh, so you say you switch over to learning the business side. And I think this is the trickiest part for most musicians out there, especially nowadays. The business side is. Pretty much, you're handling all aspects of the business, be it you know the marketing, be it the finance. You're, you're taking care of everything today. You have that at your fingertips, but it's a lot of work and a lot of responsibility. Did you feel was it daunting? I know you said it took a transition. How long was that transition to get fully into that? Uh, it, it took it took a while. I was actually three years ago. I wasn't even doing music, so I just like stopped and I started a, a business. So I started a cleaning company because I know to get into the music business is basically you need money for marketing and, you know, everything that you have to get done. And it costs a lot of money. It's not not cheap. It's expensive. And you have to be consistent at it. So I built my company up first 
and then I started transitioning to learning a business, getting developed and figuring out everything. And um, it, it became a little bit easier once I started hiring people to help because you have to have different things in place like a social media manager. You have to have a publicist when you're dealing with the media. You know, you have to have a website person that deals with your website stuff and brings traffic to your website. There's a lot of different key elements that you'll need and you have to get developed. You have to learn what metadata is and everything like that. Metadata is king in the music business. And if you don't know that, that, that most people don't understand that. So I had to learn all of that. And that's where I kind of didn't do music for a while. I wanted to learn the business before I came back out. And once that happened, it just became a little bit easier day by day when I found my team. So now I have people that handle certain things. Like I have a social media manager, I have a publicist and all of that. And it becomes easier as you do it day by day, but you have to learn the business first. If you don't, you'll pretty much, you won't make it as far or you'll find certain people try to just use you any way possible. Oh yeah. No, I, I can see that in this industry. And that's that's a good point, man. You really need the right people in the right spot. I can just speak. So you know, we have a, a brew pub and, as one of our facilities, and and brewery, and, and just the ground up is very similar. When you talk about building your own presence in the music side, and building like when we were starting out trying to build our presence in beer, very very similar. Trying to find the right people, trying to learn. You're learning. You're trying to maintain high quality of what you do, what you produce, right? In your side, trying to maintain good quality rap, good quality tunes, while also trying to do 85 other things, and you're trying to learn <laughs> those 85 other things, right? It's not like you even have the uh, skill set there. You're just trying to just pick something up there. Right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, daily, it's a daily learning experience, and I'm, I'm grateful that I actually have a team of people that actually, you know, they're like behind the scenes, but without them, I wouldn't have made it this far. Yeah. Well, you know, like that's, oh, and they're my inspiration because they help out in so many ways and people don't really understand the importance of having a team. I'm just the face of it. Right. You know, my brand, I'm the face of it, but behind the scenes is what really makes it happen. Yeah, man. Yeah. This yeah. is, this is good. Good for you, dude. So, so what is it like being on your own then? versus having a label in this day and age i feel like most people don't really need labels is that true is that is there an advantage to having label versus being on your own uh there is good there's good and bad about it for most artists they want to be with a label because it it takes the pressure off of you i can say that much because you don't have to worry about it when i was signed to a label i didn't have to worry about anything you know i didn't have to worry about marketing and radio play and you know none of that it was easy but it it left me i needed to avoid the feel i'm like i gotta do more there's more things that i could be doing and i I can't do it being on this label you know what i mean so for me i wanted to do more like i i crave i love music i love the industry it's my gift i wake wake up think about it go to sleep thinking about it that's what i do so for me it was best to start my own label so I can have the freedom to do music and to put it out as I see fit. So I think it depends on the person. I mean, if you're just, you want to be lazy and want everybody to take care of everything, then yeah, go ahead, try to get on with a label. But for, I guess, business reasons, and if you really want to do music, it's best to stay independent. For You know, I mean, that's just a personal experience for me because I've learned 
so much just being independent. And I've only started this roughly about eight months ago, planning this whole trying to, you know, do music and go on tour thing. So it kind of worked out for yeah. me, you know, to do right, it that right. way. Right. So, so when did you get into music then? Why don't you tell me a story about how you got into rap? I used to listen to, when I was growing up, I used to listen to MC8, Run DMC, and they were kind of my inspirations uh, growing up in the music. And I liked, well, the life that I know, like the gangsters was living, like MC8, what he was going through, I was going through, but he was doing music, so he kind of made me think, oh, I could do that too. He's in the streets, I'm in the streets. It's the same thing, just in a different city and state. Harless, where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh, in Homewood, on Hilltop. Okay. I was in a project. I was in a projects, uh, typical hood life, guns, drugs, everything. You pretty much name it. I was around it and done it. And uh, that I wanted to get out and do something bigger because you know back then you could watch TV and you see different cities and it's so much bigger than our city. And I wanted. I just wanted more. You know, I wanted more. I wanted to do different things. I wanted to go different places, see different people, different cultures and whatnot. And the only way to really do that was to do something spectacular. And growing up in the streets, I know that only gets you so far. So which I dibbled and dabbled in that, I did time for it also. But I had to change my mentality to really accomplish my goals to get me where I really wanted to be. Was it something that you looked at as like this is my this is my passion and it's also kind of my escape valve, right? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a passion. It is a passion, um, and business business wise, it's good for me because I I just like to I like to know things, I like to do things, and I feel that I can accomplish a lot. And a lot of people said that I couldn't, so that's like my drive. Like, literally, that's why I get up every day and do music, just because everybody says I can't do it. I, you know what I mean? They, they say, oh, profanity-free is not going to be a thing. And even though I know there's other artists that do profanity-free, but they're they're not the same style as me. I'm profanity-free street music. That's my brand. It's on my T-shirts and everything. So I do it for that reason, just to prove everybody wrong. And also, I love the fans, and my brand is growing, and that people really, you know, resonate with my music. And right. I like that. Right, right. So what is, what's the following like for having Profanity Free? What's the reception been? Is there any kind it's, of like backlash to that? Like do people say, oh, no, you're <laughs> not, you're not real. You're not legit. Um, how's that? The only backlash right now that I'm getting is from artists. It's, that's the only backlash is from the artists. But I don't make music for artists. I make music for fans and people that, you know, that had the experiences that I went through. I just, I tell my story differently, you know, and I don't mind that other artists use profanity. That's fine. That's your brand. You know, do what you got to do, but just respect my brand because we're here and this is what we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Heartless. I feel like nowadays music, it's not like, you know, when we were growing up, you had different genres. Now everything is kind of pulled together. Every genre plays in each other's, ballpark you know they all they all merge together everyone has different you see you see artists and groups and bands they all come from very uh very amalgamated backgrounds and i feel like the acceptance for what you're trying to do now it's a perfect time for it but also i think maybe there might be some malaise 
to the traditional rap scene, right? Um, I I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it is different. I know it's going to be some, you know, some bros to go through that might be a little rough. Um, but but like I said, learning the business has been a big help for me so, and reaching out and whatnot. And I find that a lot of people actually do crave profanity-free music, but there's not, you know, not a really a lot of people out there to do that. Like, I used to ride around my city when I was making music, doing profanity, and, you know, you ride up and you got your windows down and the sounds is blessed, and so you see somebody else pull up to you next to you. It might be an older couple or something, and they roll their window up. <laughs> and I know why they did it. <laughs> you know, and I, I experienced it. Like snapper over here with his tunes. <laughs> right. And I ran around with my 15s banging. I like, you know, I like my music to blast. But for me noticing that, I was like, okay, I need to change that so that people don't have to roll their window up. And I know it was because of the profanity. You know, so I think on the business side, I think it's a good idea, definitely. But also, I do have a natural talent. It's a gift. So for me to do it that way, I can still reach people and people will still uh, resonate with it just because of what they've been through because I'm still from the street. Do you, just out of curiosity, do you have kids? Do you have a family? Yeah, I do. I do. I've raised kids. Okay. I was so- a person. I have my kids also. Yeah. Yeah, is there any, is there any, I don't know, would would there be, I'm not a musician, I've always wondered this, but when, you know, when you make music when you're young, it's all like adrenaline fueled, you know, like, like, err, anger, right? You're, you're a teenager, right? <laughs> um, so you just throw everything out there, right? Uh, as you get older, you start being wiser, you start, like, in your case, you're more strategic about it, you have tactics, you have uh, an approach, you have a method, you're trying to make more art and less I don't want to say rambling, but like less, you know, like just pure energy, rage, etc. Is it partly because you look at your your kids? Do you have a son or daughter or anything? And you look at them like, I want these guys to really appreciate my tunes. I want to be able to play when they're seven or eight, Um, you know, and actually enjoy it. I know, realize some of the music, there's being street music, you do cross into some some sketchy topics, you know, the topics that maybe you don't want like an eight year old to hear right off the bat. But does that affect it in any way? Uh, it does, in a sense. I mean, my, most of my kids are grown okay. now, and some of them are, you know, they're trying to break into the industry also, um, but they use profanity. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but I try to show them, you know, a different way, but everybody has to choose their own path. But definitely for the younger generation, you know, to prove that you don't have to use profanity, it is, you know, it's a, it's a thing. You know, you have to really just think of what you want to go but you're right for the first reason business wise i think it was very strategic because i believe that profanity free can be something great because of the shift of the way the music industry is going now like every time i turn on a song or hear something on somebody's site or whatnot within the first 10 seconds i didn't heard like seven eight customers. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like is it that serious you know, and then me being from the streets, I read people a lot. So some of it for me is not believable, but I think that if you focus on your craft a little bit more, you can reach more people. I don't know. That's just me. But yeah, I just I, focus on. I, I think it's. A, do, I, you know, I think the profanity-free part of it is incredibly challenging. I mean, I don't think I could be profoundly profanity-free personally. I look at it though, is when so I do a lot of writing, and when you write. 
the trick isn't to say exactly what you want to say or exactly what you mean. The trick is to build the story and have a flow so the reader assumes and then sees the conclusion, right? So what you're right. doing, you're not showing the cards. Instead, you're actually showing the table and showing a person holding the cards and showing, you know, everything around that area. And I, I think that's, to me, that's that's a very creative approach, and I understand it. <laughs> so maybe I kind of get your angle on it. And I, I like it. I think that's kind of, it's it's harder. You know, it's a lot harder to do, to, to not use fill and to uh, not rely on your crutches and, and to go out there and, and try and find, especially you know, rap, I assume when it comes to remembering stuff, it has to be a, a nightmare. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah, right? I, I rehearse, I rehearse <laughs> yeah. uh, 12 hours a day, roughly everywhere I go, all I play is the music that I'm doing for the shows because that's... it's a lot. It takes a lot. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. That's great. So I want to ask you one more thing. I know you talked about, or actually your, your bio mentions uh, some philanthropy. So how's Heartless work with philanthropy? How's that work? Giving back to your community. Yeah. I have uh, ties to mixed connective tissue disorder and whatnot that is close to home to me. So I want to dive more into that. And I do want to work with people in my community and make things better for them. Because where I grew up, it's the same. It's gotten worse. And the only way to really make a change is to change. So to find like-minded people to actually want to change, because it all starts from, you know, the parents and then it goes down to the young generation. And right now, the kids that are growing up, they're lost. You know, there's like no hope for them. And it's in their way of thinking, how they act. It's the parents, it's everybody. You know what I mean? We have to come together as a community to actually make it work. And there's a lot of people growing up in poverty but have a lot of smarts they have trades you know they're good at things they just don't have no direction and i think if we all come together we can build up a nice community to where we can get things or at least make it better than what it is now well that's great man yeah i'm really excited to see your show you're gonna be playing on july 18th at the underground with picasso next level where can people find out more about you heartless on my main website is heartless412.com and all my other social media links is on that main website. Excellent, man. So, uh, thank you again. Hey, Heartless, I really appreciate you taking some time on this sweltering June day to the chat. I'm looking forward to the show, too. Plus, I'm going to try some of that beer out. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Short life. You already know. No matter the way you come at me, I'm never going to alter. I'm the same through and through. Huh, goes my daughter. My destiny right in front of me. Doors wide open. Haters trying to pull me down, but chill on float. Stop. You can't stop this path I'm on. Better off joining the team. Get paid and all. A lot in my city said I couldn't do it. But standing on the stage in front of you right here, I proved it. A few more shows, a few more checks. I called a journal to get short like ice on my neck. And if there was a slim chance that I wouldn't succeed, you know where I'm from. Black gloves, back to my streets. Yes. I'm here in this game and I'm here to stay. Profanity free, but this gun will cuss and blow you away. So keep playing checkers while I'm playing chess. I keep all my moves quiet, real close to the chest. Now I will. No matter the way you come at me, I'm never going to alter. I said I will make it easy. I'm a boss. You can't see that. It's your loss. I do it for my team. I got this. No matter the way you come at me, I'm never going to alter. I said I will make it easy. I'm a boss. You can't see that. It's your loss.
fully developed. I wanted to be here soon. The block had money, so you know I had to get that. Was doing things, put it all in a duffel bag and threw it in the game. Invest in myself, yeah, why not? 13 bands a month. Flip that? No, I'm a focus. Plus fans watching the scene, and I told my bro we will make it as we do they thing. I'm the mastermind behind this grind. You try to stop what I'm doing, Mac? Hand me the nine. You either laying it down or laying it down. It's better getting paid, making me the talk of the town. You better think about it, think real fast. So I put my young boys in the streets and I give them the cash. This is my destiny, huh? I know you can hear. I'm a triple what I'm doing around this time next year. I will. No matter the way you can map me, I'm never gonna alter. I said I would make it easy. I'm a boss. You can't see that. It's your loss. I do it for my team. I got this. No Okay, well, Heartless, what kind of beer do you drink? Uh, you know what? Different types. I like the. There's so many different brands, so I, I would like to look look it over. Um, there was this one beer that it was a shop in Moreauville that they closed down, but it came in a big like jug, and I haven't been able to find it since. But it was very <laughs> smooth. It was very smooth, and I've been looking for it ever since then. Do you know what kind of beer? Know. Was it gold? Was it? That was it was like a brown lager kind of sort of okay. yeah, but it it was very smooth. And it came in a jug, and I like they closed abruptly, and I haven't been able to find it. I've been looking <laughs> all over, so I'm searching for that specific beer. <laughs> well, that's good, man. We got a lot of beer, so yeah, that, you picked a good spot. I think it'll be. Uh, hopefully, we can fill that thirst some way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. 